It's something for nothing. The Rush fan cast, Jerry and Steve with you. Jerry, happy Halloween. Oh, yes. Happy Halloween, Steve. It is, of course, Halloween. <laughs> so what are you dressing as tonight for trick-or-treating? I'm going to dress as a middle-aged man who spends most of his day in the basement. <laughs> I was thinking of going as the star man. Do you think I can pull that off? Sure. Let's say you can pull it off, Steve. You're going to wear a unitard? <laughs> no, I was just going to go buck naked. What do you think? Wow. Wow. Just facing away from everyone? Yeah, facing the other way so no one can see the front. Is your wife going to be the star? You're just going to constantly like <laughs> pushing it away from you? Well, the thing is I didn't buy a costume, so that's the only thing I can do. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter. We are at RushFanCast. Instagram, find us at TheRushCast. Email Jerry, TheRushCast at gmail.com. Let him know what you're dressing up as for Halloween, your Rush costume. Jer, I hope you have an email to get us started here. You know, I do. Um, and Steve, if you know one thing about me, it's that I often forget to do things. Yes, you do. Right? They just slip my mind. It's not that they're unimportant. I just forget them. So back in January of this year, I got an email from one of our listeners named Rob. And he said this, this Christmas, now this is Christmas, you know, <laughs> last Christmas. Okay. So like, five days before he wrote me this email. So put your mind back then. Okay. This Christmas, I bought myself Neil's Taking Center Stage DVD set without realizing that I already owned it. It's hard to keep track of all your Rush stuff. Am I right? I must have bought it years ago. I opened the shrink wrap on the new purchase before realizing that it looked familiar, so I don't think it's returnable to Amazon. And even if it is, it's not really worth the hassle. So I was wondering, do you guys want it for a giveaway prize? Sure we do. And I responded, sure. And he sent it to me maybe in, hmm, I don't want, I'm going to say like March. <laughs> so it's been sitting on my desk since March. So he sent you the DVD and yep. we never gave it away. And he probably thinks you pocketed it. Maybe he does, but <laughs> this will show him. <laughs> so we're going to give it away. Yeah, I figured considering the topic that we're discussing today, it's it's uh, appropriate, right? Very appropriate. Very appropriate. How are we giving it away? Just like we give other things away, Steve. If you're on our email list, you'll already be entered to win. If you're on our email list and you don't want it for some reason, just send me an email. I'll take you off the drawing. And if you want to be entered and you're not on our email list, just send me an email. That's great. Thanks, Rob, for sending us this, and we'll give it away with pleasure. That's right. I guess we should say the, the email address, right, Steve? Sure. TheRushCast at gmail.com. Just let us know you want to be entered into the contest, and you will be entered. Yeah, that's it. And we'll announce the winner on a future episode. So I guess we'll hold the contest until Sunday the 6th, and I'll draw a name there and then alert the winner on the 6th of November. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. So Jared, today we are here to talk about a night for Neil. On October 22nd, we went to St. Catharines, Ontario for a night for Neil. And a lot of our listeners really wanted to hear about it. So today we're going to talk about it. And a lot of our listeners also went, but unfortunately we really didn't have the time to meet up with some of the people who wanted to meet up with us. So we apologize for that. 
Yeah, we tried to meet up with certain people. I know Lawrence and Tina, who were on our email list, I was texting back and forth with them all day on Saturday, but we never did connect. That's right. And figure out a way to meet up. Yeah, it was a busy couple of days for us. So It was. So why don't we start from the beginning, Jer? On Friday morning, we left bright and early yep. and decided to drive to St. Catharines. And it was a pretty uneventful drive, I think. Yeah, we got there. nothing happened except driving but we did stop for lunch at a cool place in west seneca new york called schwabels oh that's right we did go to schwabels and we had a beef on weck beef on weck that's right it was delicious roast beef with horseradish on a cumaweck roll first served in the late 1800s and this place looked like it was still out of the 1800s it was pretty cool yeah, it just looked like somebody's house, basically. Yeah. And everyone was dressed in, they almost looked like pharmacists from the <laughs> 19th century, right? They had like little, these little white coats on. And they did everything right in front of you at the bar. It was a pretty interesting little place. You know me, I like to eat at funky places. I'm not a Cracker Barrel guy. I got to tell you, that weck, that was a pretty good piece of bread right there. Yeah, very cool, very cool. And then we got across the border without issue. We were questioned. <laughs> amazingly (laughs) (laughs) and then friday night we checked into our hotel in niagara falls and then went to the moose and goose in therald ontario that's right we met some cool people there yeah it was a benefit for the christian french child advocacy center in niagara and let's not forget that listener doug pullen and his wife invited us to this event that's right And they are two people that we also did not end up speaking to. I (laughs) know. So strange. You know, I think I may have talked to Doug when we first walked in, but I didn't know it was him. Right. And then when I tried to find him later, I could not find him. You could have just walked around saying, are you Doug? Are you Doug? Are you Doug? Are you Doug? And see if anybody said yes. Yeah, but it was so loud in there. It was just hard to do. But anyway, Doug, thanks so much for inviting us. We really appreciate it. It was great. It was great. It was a great time. Jacob Moon played first, and that was the first time I'd seen Jacob Moon live, and you as well. Yep. He was awesome, and we saw the Rush cover band 2112. Yep, they were good too. They were. And as you said, we met up with a lot of people that we had had on the podcast previously but never met in person. That's true. Like Liz Swan, Mm -hmm. Steve Brown. Stole Steve Brown, right? And Lance Caston, the vice president of Overtime Angels. That's right. And Ray Warzniak, who we have met before, but hadn't seen in a long time. Yeah, I hadn't seen him in a long time. That was great. We sat around joking for most of the night. He's a joker. He is a joker. We also met Melanie Hitchcock. Yes. Who runs Rush Girls Rock on Instagram. So we talked to her for a while. Now, she was heavily involved in planning A Night for Neil, along with Lance Caston. Yes. And she said something to us at that club. She said, you guys are going to cry. That is true. She did say that. So we're going to revisit this later. Did we cry? That's the question. That is the question. We also ran into Paul Ballou of the CanadianMusicScene.com. He was there. And we're lucky enough to meet Nancy Peart, Neil's sister. That's right. She was so nice and so gracious. So nice. I don't know why, but I expected her to 
be like Neil, not to want to speak to us. <laughs> she was the opposite. I think she would have invited us back to the house if we had talked long enough. You know what I mean? She was so interested in talking to everyone. She was really great. Really great. So, uh, we were there till about midnight on Friday and then we crashed and Saturday morning we got up bright and early and went to St. Catharines breakfast at Rosie's a couple of blocks away from Lakeside park. The breakfast was awesome. It was, what did you get again? I got an omelet. Oh, right, right, right. And you had some sort of bean concoction. I had beans on eggs. It was delicious. I've never had beans for breakfast before. It was a good choice. So if you go to Lakeside Park, just a couple of blocks away is Rosie's. It's only open, I think, four days a week. But if you go on the right day, you got to go there for breakfast. One of the days it's open. Whatever those days are. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was a cute little place. It was packed. Yeah, very packed. So then, of course, we uh, took the two-block walk over to Lakeside Park. And as you were walking in, Jerry, tell me what your thoughts were. It was interesting. Obviously, it's a lot different from when Neil was a child, a young man. Mm -hmm. But it's sort of like how Vicki Flyer Hudson had told us, you know, just to be in a place where, you know, someone you admire has been going into someone's house or, you know, holding something that they owned really just connects you to that person. And it was just a cool thing to think about as we walked around imagining the place, you know, alive in the evening with some kind of carnival or, you know, some kind of celebration and just having Neil walk around and, you know, work at one of the stands and, you know, be a kid in his hometown. So it was really cool. Yeah. And not just a place he'd been, but a place that he grew up and it meant so much to him. Right. So, yeah, I mean, we saw that the willows were there. Yep. And there was a breeze. There was a breeze. <laughs> there was a pier. And now I had been to Lakeside Park probably about eight years ago. And the pier was under construction. I think it used to be a wooden pier. But now it's cement. And that pier ain't going anywhere. No, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> it was nice. It was, so, it was such a gorgeous day. Yeah. I mean, we had the most perfect weather. I mean, yeah, miraculous, really. And of course... It, the place was just littered with Rush fans. Yes, yes. Just nodding to each other. Yep. And there were two lighthouses, just like in the song, drinking by the lighthouse, smoking on the pier. And we did see someone smoking. That's right. But there was a sign there that said, no smoking and no vaping. So if right. someone were to write that song in 2022, maybe it would be drinking by the lighthouse and vaping by the pier. Yes. Or vaping on the pier. <laughs> And the other thing that was there that unfortunately was not open was the carousel. I wanted to pay 10 cents and have you ride the carousel, Jaron. I could have taken your picture. I would have ridden the carousel. I love any ride. <laughs> I would have taken a carousel ride. So uh, Lakeside Park was great. And then after that, we decided to try and find some Rush beer. Yes. And that did not work out so well. <laughs> it didn't work out. Evidently, no one had informed the local beer stores that there was a rush related event that weekend because they were just completely sold out of rush beer. Yeah. They all sold out about Thursday and we didn't get there till Friday. So we were out of luck. 
We were out of luck. You would think Henderson Brewing would have sent a bunch of beer down there, but maybe they didn't know about it either. Maybe. I don't know. But uh, yeah, there was a, a huge, huge empty spot on the wall where the little sign said, you know, <laughs> rush beer. So then we ventured over to the Meridian Center and Steve Brown and Paul Ballou, who we had met the night before, had tipped us off to the fact that Robert King and Mike Dixon would be outside the Meridian Center. That's very true, yes. Now, Robert King is the man who modeled for the Starman on the 2112 album cover. That's right. That's right. That's amazing. I know. He still looks like a model. I don't know how old he is, but you can imagine him being a model back in the 70s. And such a nice guy, too. Oh, yeah. Totally nice guy. He was taking pictures of everyone, chatting us all up with stories. We have a picture with the two of us next to Robert King, and uh, I'll send it out on Twitter. I tweeted it out a couple of weeks ago, but I'll tweet it out again. And Robert also appeared on the Hemispheres album cover. He was the man in the hat, right? Yeah, the man in the bowler hat. And he was also one of the men moving the pictures on Moving Pictures. That's right. He's been all over the place. And Mike Dixon, who was there, he was also on the Moving Pictures album cover. So that was kind of cool. It was cool. Meeting uh, pieces of Rush history. Yeah, definitely. Now, after that, we went out to dinner, and I can't for the life of me, Jar, remember the name of the restaurant we went out to dinner. I don't remember what it was called either, <laughs> but it was definitely like the Poor House, P-O-U-R. Oh, okay. There you go. I don't know if it was like Murphy's Poor House or whatever Poor House, but it was like, you know, a play on P-O-O-R, but, you know, like pouring a drink. And we went out to dinner with Liz Swan and her friend Kirk. Mm-hmm. They're both from Colorado. And since it's Halloween... I think you should describe what Liz was wearing. Okay. So Liz was wearing, (laughs) so the night before at the Moose and Goose, she was wearing a t-shirt that said, it had a heart on it and it said Prince Bytour. And Ray was joking that why doesn't it say Princess Bytour? And Liz said, oh, that's coming tomorrow. And we had no idea what she was talking about. But when we saw her Saturday, she was dressed head to toe in a pink, I don't know what it was. Like a pink ballet dress? Like a ballerina outfit almost, right? Like a ballerina outfit. And it said on it, Princess by Tour. And she had a crown on and these long gloves that went up to her elbows that were also pink. <laughs> and boots on. And she was the, was the star of the show. Every place we went, people were just talking to her and commenting on her outfit. Yeah, she said she had dressed up as Princess Bytor for Halloween a few years ago and then thought, hey, why not dress up for the show? Why not just bring it along? Why not? It was awesome. And the cool thing about the restaurant is that obviously it was just packed with Rush fans. Everybody had a Rush t-shirt on. And about 20 minutes after sitting down, they just started playing Rush. They played Rush for like an hour and a half straight. Yeah. And because I was stupid enough to order fried chicken, it took forever. And we didn't get to the show till like five minutes before the show started. That's true. Which was another reason we couldn't meet up with certain people, all because I ordered fried chicken. But we did meet up with another guest on our show and our friend, Derek Backrack. Yeah, we told him where we were sitting and he sat with us. That was nice of him. I know. It was nice of him. And he had floor seats and he sat with us up in the 100 section. Why would he do that? <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. I wouldn't have sat with us if I had floor seats. 
All right. So anyway, let's get to the show. We are now at the show, Jar. At the show. It's happening. Right. And Lance Caston was the MC. Dressed in a tuxedo top, but then tuxedo shorts <laughs> on the bottom. But like they were like tuxedo shorts, you know, they had like the like that satin line down the side. So they were like, you know, classy shorts, I guess. I think he's used to hosting in his backyard and he just wanted to feel like <laughs> he was in his backyard and in his element, right? With the shorts on. Yeah, I think so. So it started out with Steve Brown's band's video for After Image. And if you recall, on one of our Songs for Neil episodes, when we talked to Steve Brown, we played that version of After Image and it was so moving. Yeah, it was a great video. I had never seen that video before. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know why. You heard the song, you just hadn't seen the video. Yeah. But it might be the best cover of After Image I've ever heard. They really did an amazing job. They did an amazing job. It's very quiet at the beginning, and then it just kicks in toward the end. And then right after that, Lance introduced the artist that I was really looking forward to seeing, and that is Dave Quartet. Mm, yeah. Your thoughts on their performance, Jer? It was quite a spectacle. It was incredible to see them play that live and liza mcclellan who we had on the podcast right mm -hmm. she's a cellist mm -hmm. but she was not playing a normal cello she wasn't sitting in a straight back chair playing a cello she had an electric cello that i guess was just strapped to her body i don't even know if it was touching the ground because she was walking around and rocking out the whole time. They played all of 2112. And I don't even know, you know, how this cello was attached to her body. It was so moving. And David Barrett played guitar with them. Mm -hmm. They were missing one of their members. So it was the two violinists, the cello, David Barrett on guitar. And they had a drummer with them as well. I apologize. I didn't get the drummer's name. But Melanie told us we would cry. And Jerry, I have to admit, this was the moment where I got a little teary. You did? I have no idea why. Maybe it's because of the conversation we had with Liza and how emotional she was about it. Yeah. But I was just thinking about Neil and if he were to see this, what he would think. And I got a little emotional. I have to admit it. Yeah, I didn't. I was very focused on, on the performance. So I did not look over in your general <laughs> directions to you to see. <laughs> I was hiding the tears, Jer. Oh, you shouldn't hide your tears, Steve. You should let them flow. <laughs> well, I do know that Liz Swan said that she had felt some tears bubbling up a few times during the show. She was sitting next to me, so we were chatting mm -hmm. after each performance. And next, Jer, Lance introduced Jacob Moon. And we had seen him the night before, but on this night, with the huge crowd, he was even more incredible. It was some performance. It was. He played New World Man with a Xanadu end. Did you notice that? <laughs> I did. He put in a few of the last notes of Xanadu yep. at the end of New World Man. And then he played Subdivisions, his cover of Subdivisions. But he told a story that he told us on the podcast. Yep. That when he was performing for Rush at the Canadian Songwriters Hall of Fame when Subdivisions was being inducted, he met Neil backstage and they talked briefly. And he asked Neil if he could record his voice on his dictaphone so that when he played it during subdivisions, it would be Neil's voice. Mm -hmm. And he played it 
that night. And it was really cool hearing Neil's voice. It was amazing how he did that too, just seamlessly. Oh, I know. I don't know. He's got like those pedals that just kind of loop things, loop pedals. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. It was great. At one point, he looped himself. And I don't know how the heck he did that on the fly while he was playing. And then he soloed over the loop he had recorded. Yeah. Just incredible. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. It's pretty incredible. But he's great. He really is. He's got a great voice. Yeah. And he's another guy at the Moose and Goose. I thought maybe I could meet him because it was a small place. It was. And I could not find the guy after he performed. No, I couldn't find him either. I was Uh, looking for him. Next time. Next time we'll chat with Jacob Moon, hopefully. Yeah. So next, they played the U.S. Army Band's video of Time Stand Still. Yeah. And we talked to Tim Whalen on the podcast about this. So, so far, everything we've seen at this show, we covered on our podcast, which was kind of (laughs) cool. That's right. So many people that were on stage that night we've had on the podcast, which I thought was very cool. Yeah, it made me feel good that we've been doing the right thing and talking to the right people. Yeah, I felt the same way. And that video, you've seen that one before, right? Of course, yeah. Didn't get teared up during that, but I'd seen it enough already. I've cried enough during that, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And then after that, David Barrett, who played with the Deva Quartet, came out to play Hope from Snakes and Arrows. And he is so good. That was an incredible version of hope it was and he's one of the few people that performed that we haven't spoken to and we should really reach out to david i think it'd be great to talk to him i know i was thinking the same thing i took a note to myself i'm like why haven't we (laughs) this is the first person we haven't had on we should really have him on yeah it would be great to just hear what he thought of this night performing with deva and performing on his own yeah i think it'd be great so then there were a few more videos, uh, one from Jonathan Dinklage, which was, was really cool. Yeah, it was really funny. Yeah, well, he's always hilarious. <laughs> he's very funny. And Kevin J. Anderson, who did his video from the top of a mountain where he and Neil used to hike. Well, not only that, he recorded the video climbing up the mountain that he and Neil climbed while they were plotting Clockwork Angels. Wow. So... That's why he felt like he should do it from there since it was such a special place in their relationship. Yeah. And then Lance popped out again and introduced Brandon Dyke, who is a friend of Neil's family. And we've had him on our podcast as well. And he did a crazy rush medley that I'd like you to chronicle for us, Jer. Yeah. Okay. So he was just alone with his acoustic guitar and he just went from song to song to song playing maybe a few bars of each one, some of them longer than others. But he played parts of Mission, Entre New, Force 10, Spirit of Radio, Red Sector A, Red Barchetta, Dreamline, Losing It, Marathon, Tai Shan, Nobody's Hero, After Image, The Pass, Bravado, Vital Signs, and then Caravan. Wow. That's a lot of hits right there. That was really spectacular. And then after that, Danny Peart, Neil's brother, came out and read a poem and Brandon provided the backing guitar for the poem. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, but Danny Peart has a YouTube channel where he reads his poetry, and Brandon does the the background music for it. Oh, wow. I did not know that. That's awesome. Yeah, it is pretty cool. And I didn't tell you this, because I forgot, as uh, previously (laughs) mentioned, but when Brandon was playing Tai Shan, my phone buzzed, yeah. And I, I looked at it and it was Melanie 
she texted me, <laughs> Taishan. <laughs> the big exclamation point. Yeah, Taishan. Well, when when he played Taishan, I looked over at you too, just to <laughs> to give it to you, you know. See, Taishan. Everybody loves Taishan. And everyone loves busting your chops about it. I know they do. They do. That is for sure. And then after that, they played the film Growth Rings by Jeremy Bout. And Jeremy, we also had on the podcast. We sure did. And what a great film that is. And just to hear Neil's voice somewhere in this memorial was a very cool thing. Yeah, it definitely, it's, it is a great movie. If, if you haven't, it's a very short thing. It's like five or 10 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And if you haven't seen it, I, I suggest you just go to YouTube and search for Jeremy Bout Growth Rings. It's really a, a cool, I won't give anything away about what it's about, but it's, it is mm-hmm. a very cool little short film about the influences in our lives and how they shape our lives. So we're coming to the close of the memorial portion of the show, and the final performance was by the Brazilian band Fleish. That's right. They played two songs. Yep. The Pass and The Garden. And one of Neil's good friends with Martin Yuranagena played, I believe it's called a cajon. Okay. It's that, it's that box you sit on right. and play percussion on. So he was playing percussion during the songs, which I thought was an excellent touch because he's at, he gave a little speech at the beginning and he said he wanted to bring some international representation to the show, specifically South America. So the songs you know, had that kind of flavor to them mm-hmm. because of the percussion that he was playing. And we didn't mention this, but when we walked into the venue, we were handed a small tea light. That's true. That said a night for Neil on it. And during the garden, Lance was about to ask everybody to light up their tea lights, but everybody knew exactly what to do. Yeah. As soon as the garden started, those tea lights went on and the whole place was filled with light. I posted a picture on our Instagram of that, the the tea light I had in the background of all the lights lit up. I don't know why I didn't cry during that, but I probably should have. Well, I mean, if there was any touching moment in the whole show, that was definitely it. Lance gave a little speech about what the garden meant to Neil and what it means to Rush fans. So it was very poignant. So that wrapped up the memorial portion of the show. And then we moved on to what Lance called the celebration. That's right. Yeah. And after that, they played a a video from Kenny Aronoff, who spoke about Neil and his relationship with Neil, which Mm -hmm. was very cool. And then we saw the Rush cover band, Permanent Waves. Yeah, they killed it. They really did. Yeah. They were great. And the thing I loved about the bands we saw is they didn't pick the obvious Rush songs to play. That's true. Permanent Waves opened with Middletown Dreams, which was <laughs> which was great, I thought. Yeah. I mean, they did play Free Will. They did play The Spirit of Radio, but they played Middletown Dreams. They played Mission. And I forget what the other song they played was. Oh, um, The Big Money. Oh, yeah, The Big Money. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't the obvious choices, but I thought it was great. Well, yeah, I mean, they're the obvious choices for the diehard Rush fans which is basically what the place was filled with, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But the light show was great, designed by Howard Unger Leader. Mm-hmm. And then in between bands, we had one more video from Dom Perry, drummer of Jethro Tull, told a bunch of stories about Neil, which were awesome. 
And Lawrence Gowan, the lead singer of Styx, told his story about playing Limelight the night Neil died. Styx had a show that night, and he was just fooling around in his dressing room playing Limelight, and the rest of the band members said to him, oh, you got to do that. you got to do that tonight. Yeah. He did it solo on piano. Yeah. And it was really moving and just a memorable thing. I mean, I know that that video went viral that night. Yeah. And just a great rendition of Limelight. Yeah, it is. It was a great, it was a great version. And he said at the end, you know, that Neil was one of the greatest lyricists in rock history. And it's true. Then after that, the final performance of the night was by Solar Federation. And I have to admit, I forgot that we featured them on our Rush Covers episode, the latest one we did. Yes. I don't know why I forgot, but we're watching them, and they were awesome. They did Chemistry. They did Marathon. They did Ghost of a Chance, right? They did Analog Kid. They did all these songs that you wouldn't expect them to do, right? Right. (laughs) And then Witch Hunt, right? Yeah, Witch Hunt. And The Necromancer. I know. They did The Necromancer. That was the song that we featured right on the latest episode. And then I remembered, wait a minute, we we heard this before. <laughs> I know, but it was so funny because the lead singer, Julie Schreiber, said, we're going to go deep for this song. <laughs> and then you could hear like the opening guitar noises of the Necromancer. And the Necromancer is the deepest of all deep rush cuts. Oh, yeah. You can't get much deeper than that. And I don't think you'll ever see a better performance of the Necromancer than what the Solar Federation did there. Can it get better than that? I wonder how many Rush cover bands would do the Necromancer. Rush didn't even try and do the Necromancer, (laughs) right? Even they knew back then (laughs) that maybe people wouldn't be into it. But, you know, like 50 years later, to hear the Necromancer, to hear somebody (laughs) play the Necromancer, that's a... Ballsy feet, man. Yeah. And then after that, I thought, oh, you know, they're going to end with Tom Sawyer or they're going to end with Working Man or something like that. But no, they end with Natural Science. That was Natural Science. Amazing. And it was an incredible version of Natural Science. I've said that Natural Science is possibly one of the craziest Rush songs. Just takes you so many different places. And they did a spot on version of it. Yeah. And I believe the show got cut short a little bit because I think they were running up against the curfew. Yeah. And Lance came out and apologized that they had to cut it short, but Mm -hmm. what an incredible show. What are your overall thoughts of the whole experience of a night for Neil Jar? Well, it was great to finally go. (laughs) Yeah. Really? When did we buy tickets? Um, geez, it was supposed to happen in April, 2020. I think I bought the tickets in February, 2020. Mm -hmm. And I just deleted all the emails I got with all the different changes of dates. There were, (laughs) there were like five of them. And then it finally happened October 22nd, 2022, over two years later. It was a really good night and everybody there was such diehard rush fans. So it was, it was cool to, you know, be in that space again, right? Yeah. To be in a in a large arena listening to Rush. 
if only, you know, Rush cover songs, but still mm-hmm. listening to Rush. I know it was a long drive and it was a, you know, a quick weekend. We drove all the way there. We drove all the way back, but I'm so glad we did it. Yeah. It was great. And it was also cool just to, to meet all the Rush fans that we did meet. I know we didn't get to meet everybody, but the ones we did meet, it was very fun hanging out with them. And uh, hopefully there'll be another event like this down the road and we can all get together again. That's right. You know, one last thing. Um, we spent some time downtown in St. Catharines. Mm-hmm. And what a cute little town St. Catharines is. Yeah. There were some funky stores. There uh-huh. were three three record stores yep there was a a a used bookstore like some vintage stores just a a great way to spend a couple hours walking around looking at all the weird stuff even if there's no event in st Catharines, if you're a rush fan just to spend the weekend there to go to lakeside park and then just hang out in st Catharines for the weekend it would be a great thing to do yeah i mean all the restaurants looked great and when we were leaving the show it was probably like I don't know, 10.30, quarter to 11 when we were leaving. There was a huge line of people waiting to get into some club. Yeah. I have no idea what club it was, but the line was around the corner. Yeah, and they were all about 19 or 20. And we, <laughs> we right. said to we ourselves, right past them. <laughs> we're not getting on this line. We're going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you wouldn't think that there'd be like, you know, nightlife in St. Catharines. But it was a great little town. Yeah, it was very cool. Very cool. And of course, Niagara Falls is not far from there either. So you could check out the falls too. Check out the falls. Very romantic. It was. It was very romantic. (laughs) (laughs) You can find us on Twitter. We are at Rush Fancast. Instagram, find us at The Rushcast. Email Jerry. Let us know if you were at a night for Neil. Tell us your story. The Rushcast at gmail.com. Jared, thanks for taking the trip with me. It was awesome. You know, we should thank Lance Caston and Melanie Hitchcock and everyone at Overtime Angels just for putting on the show. And thank you, Steve, for driving, of course. <laughs> Hope you got a great quote to wrap this up. I, of course I do, Steve. And it's from that deepest of deep cuts, the Necromancer. Nice. Enter the champion. Prince Bytor appears to battle for freedom from chains of long years. The spell has been broken. Dark lands are bright. The wraith of the necromancer soars away in the night. And Princess Bytor is there too. That's what I should have said. I should have said Princess Bytor and lost opportunity. Thanks, Jer. All right, see you later.